You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a long day of baseball for the Braves. A doubleheader split against the Philadelphia Phillies. The magic number shrunk a little bit, but maybe not as much as it could have. But the Braves were able to pick up a win in game one. Uh, come close, but not quite in game two in splitting this doubleheader. But we did see some history from Matt Olson. We'll talk all about that, the return of Kyle Wright, and of course the uh, continued home run hitting ways of the Braves that helped him to win a very back and forth game in the opener of this twin bill and this four game series between these two teams. Before we get into all that, I want to remind you as always, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. You click that bell, you'll get a notification every time we drop a new episode, so I highly recommend that. Leave us a like and a comment. We appreciate those, and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, all in all, as I said, a long day of baseball, but a pretty good one for the Braves on a number of different fronts. Clearly, at worst, you wanted to split this twin bill, but we also saw some pretty key performances and a rather nice return for a gentleman that we just want to see healthy and ready to make an impact down the stretch. Yeah, I thought it was a good day overall. Getting that first one, obviously very important anytime in a doubleheader, but especially this one where you really didn't know how game two was going to go on the pitching side of things, and it turns out it didn't go very well. So good thing that they were able to hold on to that first game, even though it got a little bit rocky there late. Yeah, it did, but I would say, as we'll get into game two a little bit later, I have seen worse over the course of this season and, of course, in Braves history, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, let's dive into the one the Braves actually won, though. It went in the win column, game number 143 of the year. Braves improving to 94-49 and 49 in game one of this twin bill. Ten runs, 11 hits, no errors, seven men left on base. It did take extra innings, but the Braves got it done. Phillies dropped to 78-65 and 65 after that one. Eight runs, nine hits, two errors, six men left aboard. Rysel Iglesias picked up the win despite a blown save, which we'll get into momentarily. Jose Alvarado, the loss in relief for the Phillies. Kirby Yates' his fourth save. Charlie Morton was the man who started this game. And you know, the Braves and the Phillies, we know, Jake, these are two good offenses. We expected to see the kinds of things we saw in game one. We had back-to-back homers from Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris, though not in that order, so flip those around. But back-to-back homers, nonetheless, that was impressive. Had a big hit off the bench from Kevin Pillar in extra innings, but... It just didn't seem like the Braves were finding it very easy to put the Phillies away, which I think speaks to what we've seen between these two teams in the not-too-distant past. Yeah, I mean, again, very good offenses. You know that coming in with these two teams. The Philadelphia Phillies have one of the better offenses in baseball and a lineup, especially at the top. And I think that's what you saw in that first game, especially the top of that order is very difficult. And I think maybe one of the few lineups in baseball that can match up with the top of the order that the Braves have. So you expect a lot of runs there. Charlie, I thought it was a solid performance overall from him in this one. Able to, able to give you six innings in the first game of a doubleheader. I thought that was huge uh, for Charlie Morton and the Braves in this one. Like I said, I know he gave it four runs. Didn't get a lot of help from the defense either. A couple of cup plays there that – uh, you know, kind of messed him up. So I thought maybe he pitched a little bit better than his line. He did have the four walks, but two of those are Harper, and I understand wanting to pitch around him. But if you're going to do that, then you got to get Alec Bohm out, and he did not do that. So, uh, again, overall, I thought it was just a fine start for Charlie Morton. Yeah, I thought it was uh, certainly serviceable. And as you mentioned, you wanted to make sure that you got at least six innings out of your game one starter, and Charlie was able to provide that. His final, <clears throat> excuse me, his final line was four earned runs on six hits with four walks and nine strikeouts, so he did have the swing and miss working, but 
it was just kind of a battle for him, 104 pitches to get through those innings. Braves got him an early run in the first, another in the second. Phillies tied it in the bottom half of the third. Braves answered with three in the fifth. Phillies, two in the fifth inning. Braves with three more in the sixth inning. The Phillies scored twice in the the seventh, twice in the ninth. The Braves took a page out of the Phillies book. They scored twice in the tenth inning. And how about Kevin Pillar coming off the bench after Bryce Harper homered to tie things up in the bottom half of that ninth inning against Rysel Iglesias. A play at second base that I'm sure Ozzie Albies would like to have to do over again. His throw to first, not nearly in time to beat Trey Turner. That kept the game going. You get Bryce Harper opportunities. We've learned this over the last decade or so. This can end poorly for an opposing team, and it did for the Braves. But obviously, going to extras, it could have been worse, I guess, was kind of the theme, uh, especially at the latter half of the day. But uh, Kevin Pillar with a big pinch hit single off Alvarado to put the Braves on the board. And then Orlando Arcia makes it a two-run 10th inning to put the Braves ahead. That, I thought, was a... Pretty nice example of this Braves team. It's not the same guys every single night that are going to beat you. It can be someone off the bench. It could be someone up from AAA in there running at second base. A guy like Forrest Wall, it could just about be anybody on this roster if you give them a chance. Yeah, it could be. We've talked about before just the ability of these guys who haven't played in a while and they come off the bench like Pilar and get a big hit. And then Arce, who's gotten clutch hits all year long, comes up with a big hit there as well to get that add-on run, which is so key with the Manford runner that you have out there who you got to score, but to get one more there is very huge in extra innings. So thought that was big. And the Aussie error, look, he hasn't been great defensively this year. It's it's no surprise at this point. We've seen it. It hasn't been great. At the same time, Iglesias has to move past that and make a good pitch, and he didn't to a really dangerous hitter. That pitch was right down the middle, and a good hitter like Brian Sauber does what you're supposed to do with that pitch. But, yeah, Ozzy, you know, got to make that play. Trey Turner's moving fast. Maybe he tried to rush it a little bit. It was going to be a close play either way, but one that he definitely should make and needs to make. Yeah, I, I do think that that is the case. And, Ozzy, I know it may be more recency than anything. There have been a couple of tough plays, but – I certainly don't feel like Ozzy has wandered into the level of being a liability in the outfield. I've gotten it all year about Eddie Eddie Rosario, and I understand, and I'm a little bit surprised when there's not somebody going in defensively in left field. I know you and I have talked about it on a number of different occasions. I don't know if the Braves have reached the point where they want to start pulling Ozzy Albies in case they do end up in extra innings and you don't have that potent bat available to you a little bit later on. But perhaps we'll get into that another time, or perhaps we won't, and he'll make all the plays he needs to and it won't come up as often as it has of late. But the Braves with their 10-8 win. Uh, Ron Lacuna Jr., two for five in the game. A home run is 36. couple of runs batted in. couple of runs scored. We'll talk more about those. Anstol is 65, or 65th base of the year. That makes him the only player in baseball history with 35-plus homers and 65-plus steals. I'm not going to call it a club. He's just the first and only guy to ever do it, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, but the Braves and Michael Harris, again, he just continues to show you reasons why he could hit anywhere in the lineup for a number of different clubs. He gives the Braves a MLB record-tying ninth hitter with 15 home runs, Jake. He's got an outside shot at 20. I'm not going to say he won't do it. Orlando Arcia is kind of knocking on that door. But as we've seen, the Braves are power and then some, and they showed it off in both halves with this doubleheader. Yeah, that's why you can never count this offense out. I mean, both of these games, offense scored a good number of runs, a number of runs that typically is going to win you a lot of games and Michael Harris, I've said it before. There's just no reason he shouldn't be a perennial 2020 type of player. No, he got off to the slow start this year, but coming on late, like you said, just four home runs away now from that 2020 season, which he just missed last year in his rookie season. I mean, 
to me, I, that's that's the floor for this guy. For me, yeah. I just think he's capable of even more than that. And it's just it's really amazing what he's done when he was. Let's be honest, one of the worst hitters in baseball for a month plus sure. at the start of this season, <laughs> and the turnaround that he had is just incredible. Yeah, it has been. It's been one of the big reasons why the Braves have been the best team in baseball all year long, but particularly after they picked up steam in the month of June. It was, I don't think, any coincidence that Michael Harris really turned it on as well. Braves had to make a couple of roster moves after the game in order to get some pieces that they needed into the right place. They needed Kyle Wright to come off the injured list. He did. Dylan Lee was optioned down to Gwinnett to open up a spot for Kyle Wright. We'll get into game two in just a moment. But before we do, I want to let you know about one of our great sponsors. This episode of the Braves Postcast brought to you by Sleeper. It's the MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to get 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now. There's all kinds of great players. We see quite a few of them up and down this Braves lineup. We talk about them all the time. Pick more or less stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, whatever you like, and, and more for up to a 100-time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Game two of this doubleheader, it was Kyle Wright on the mound for the Braves and a very rough greeting, a rude greeting in a place that can be very unkind to opposing pitchers. We know that about Citizens Bank Park, but Kyle Wright really didn't seem to have it dialed in in the 7-5 loss for the Braves in game two. Four of those runs played it against him in the first inning. I thought he was able to kind of settle in a little bit after that. I know that uh, going out for the fourth inning didn't work out for him as well. But overall, you wanted to see him get the pitch count up, and you want to see him knock the rust off, Jake, because I still think Kyle Wright has bigger and better innings, more important innings to throw for the Braves this year. He does. Hopefully we'll see what, in what capacity. I know Smoltz talked about it on the broadcast. We've talked about it here, whether it's going to be a starter or a reliever. I think that's what the Braves got to find out down the stretch here. And clearly maybe some adrenaline, obviously some rust, and a guy that should probably be still making his fourth rehab appearance, Edwinette. But, you know, able to work through that and get through the second and third inning and then have the chance to go back out for the fourth inning, I think that has to – Say something, hopefully, at least maybe a little bit of positive there for Kyle Wright. No, he doesn't love giving up hits to the eight and nine hole hitter before having to exit there, but still, you know, to be able to get through that first inning, even I thought he wasn't even going to make it through that first inning. So to be able to do that and then get two more again, I think that's maybe one of the little positives you can take out of this one, but clearly some yeah. rust there for him that he's going to have to continue to work on to again see what kind of role he can play for this Braves team in the postseason. Yeah, and it's all about those reps, and that's what he was getting in this start. As you mentioned, this would have been Sunday, would have been his fourth rehab start. That was the plan for him to get at least four and then decide. But the Braves kind of got in a crunch as far as arms and really arms that they could lean on and felt like Kyle Wright might be able to give him a little bit of something. And I think that, you know, we'll see how they handle him going forward and how they want to mix him in and in what role, as you mentioned. But his first start since May the 3rd, it had been quite a while for him. Three innings pitched, six hits, six earned runs, a couple of walks and three strikeouts on 62 pitches. So as you can tell, the pitch count hadn't really been able to elevate in the minor leagues to the level that you'd like to have had it at uh, to bring him back for his first big league start. Uh, it was a 7-5 loss for the Braves, who scored those five runs on seven hits with one error dropping to 94-50. and 50. Phillies 79-65 and 65 as of the close of this doubleheader. Seven runs, eight hits, a couple of errors for them. Michael Lorenzen was shaky, but he was able to get it done. He's 9-9 nine and nine now. Kyle Wright taking the loss drops to 0-2. And, and Craig Kimbrell, his 23rd save of the year. Uh, as far as relievers, and then we'll turn the page to some history that was made by Matt Olson as far as Braves franchise history is concerned with the long ball. Jackson Stevens back from seemingly out of nowhere. He was a big part of the Braves bullpen a year ago. 
was injured some in AAA, had really started to tune things up the last couple of months. Three and two-thirds innings, this is what I would call yeoman's work because it definitely saved the bullpen on what could have been a very rough day and a doubleheader and could have put the Braves in a deficit heading into the final two games of the series. Three and two-thirds innings, Jake, of one earned run charged to him, a couple of hits and five strikeouts with one walk. Yeah, I mean, this is great, and this is what he did a lot for the Braves last year, just kind of those you know different roles, whether it's going to extra innings or bridging that gap, starter leaves early. Jackson Stevens did a tremendous job last year of that, so him coming back, being able to do that's huge, going three and two-thirds innings, soaking up some of those innings. And then Pierce Johnson, the last inning in yeah. a third that he threw this, really impressive, no hits, no walks, no runs, four strikeouts. He continues his great work since coming over, so I thought that was great as well. Kept the Braves in that game, gave them a chance. Late had the time run to the plate in Acuna, which you'll take any time, but was unfortunately wasn't able to get it done uh, this time around. But yeah, bullpen, you know, did its job and in, in relief of Kyle Wright, keeping the Braves offense in there and giving them a chance. Yeah, they did. The third inning was the big moment for the Atlanta Braves in this one for Matt Olson. I should say the big moment for him. 50th home run of the year was hit in this one. 49 went out in the third and then in the seventh inning, he hit another home run. So that gave him two on the day and gives him 50 on the year. Just the second Braves player ever to reach that plateau. He is now one away from Andrew Jones' single season, a home run record for the Atlanta Braves franchise. Two for three, four runs batted in. He's up to 127 on the year now. Just another big day from Matt Olson, who after an 18-game home run drought that might have had you kind of wondering if he was going to make a run at 50 homers of the franchise record. Jake, I would say that Matt Olson has answered in the affirmative, and he has 18 games left to break this record. Yeah, unless he goes into another, you know, 16, 18 game drought, he seems like he's on a good pace to to break that that record. And I just right now, again, we talked about it yesterday. It's just in one of those zones. You can't pitch to the guy. I mean, the first home run he hit is it's a ball that's barely off the dirt, down and in. I know that's kind of a wheelhouse for a lefty, but he just goes down and and golfs it out to right field. I mean, he is just on one of those heaters right now that we've seen, honestly, for a good bit of the second half of the season. Like I said, even even during that drought, we talked about it, he's still getting on base, getting his hits, just wasn't getting the home run. So, I mean, he's been he's been fantastic for the Braves this season, and I've talked about it, you know, the fact that he's had some dry spells here and there, but he's limited it to, you know, really no more than a week, and he's just been so great this year for the Braves, and he's right back in that MVP discussion. Obviously, I think Ronald, who had a pretty good day himself, yeah. is up there at the top. Yeah, I, I would say the home runs in the third and sixth inning to get Matt Olsen up to 50, if you were looking for a nice big number to build an MVP case around, well, 50 home runs, leading Major League Baseball in homers and runs batted in, and doing the things Matt Olson has done is going to get him some MVP consideration regardless of where he finishes in that voting. Michael Harris, two for four, another home run in this one. That gives him 16 on the year. Matt Olson, though, the 50 home runs, not just rare in Braves franchise history, only 16 men in National League history have hit 50 or more home runs. The last to do so, Pete Alonso in 2019, Giancarlo Stanton before him. It just doesn't happen altogether too often other than in the height of the steroid era where it happened a whole bunch of times. This is a rarity, and in today's game, uh, quite an accomplishment for Matt Olson, who, again, is only the second Braves player to reach this plateau, and we are talking about a team that's had no shortage of sluggers and the all-time home run leader in its franchise's history as well. The 127 runs batted in just eight away from the modern club record set by Eddie Matthews in 1953. That's the year that the Braves moved to Milwaukee. So uh, it's been a minute since somebody has driven in as many runs as Matt Olson has a chance to this year, and we'll see if he's able to break that franchise record as well. Did want to point out Nicky Lopez getting the start in Game 2 in place of Ozzie Albies at second base. He really kept that inning going in the third with a really great swim move and didn't get himself 
uh, nearly caught off a second base. That kept the inning going, and that allowed Matt Olson to come up and hit a three-run homer that at least got the Braves back into it against Lorenzen early. And you talked about it, or we talked about it earlier, the fact that these guys can come off the bench and and make contributions like this. Lopez just barely missed a, missed a home run before that, before that great swim move. And then I already mentioned he got the hit to bring Acuna up to the plate, the tie and run in the ninth inning. So we know he plays great defense, but giving you a little bit of offense as well when he does get an opportunity. Yep, he has done that. It's been another great pickup for the Braves. You mentioned Pierce Johnson's great work in this one as well. Uh, the Braves pitching staff does come out of this doubleheader, not having been put completely through the ringer and messing them up for the rest of this series. So we'll see how they're able to pitch and, of course, uh, and what they're able to do. When you got Max Fried on the mound in your next game, you feel pretty good about that, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I have to tell you about another of our great sponsors. That, of course, is Game Time. As this episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Game Time, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email to find them. Snag those tickets without the stress at game time. Download the Game Time app, create your account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves and Phillies will meet for Game 3 of this four-game series. It comes your way on Tuesday, Max Fried, 7-1, a 270 ERA. Zach Wheeler on the hill for the Phillies, always a tough customer. 11 and 6 with a 349 mark. Uh, Jake, I feel like Freed has really been throwing his best baseball of late, highlighted by that outstanding start against the LA Dodgers. The Braves could use another great start from their ace in hostile territory to take one more step towards clinching the National League East, which they could do with wins the next two days in Philadelphia. Yeah, great pitching matchup here. Looking forward to seeing what Max Free can do. Like you said, been throwing the ball really great his last couple times out. And the you know, last time he faced Philadelphia, it was a rough one. I know he's coming off a sickness there, but in the postseason, that game one where that is the big advantage for the Braves in that game one, Free didn't have it in that one. And again, maybe he had some sickness, so maybe he's looking to get a little payback in this one and just looking for him to continue to to get you know back to himself. And like I said, I think he's been taking big steps in that direction to be the ace of this Braves team going into the postseason. Yeah, and they certainly like having Max Fried back at this time of year. He is, as we talked about, the importance of it with Kyle Wright, getting more reps and feeling comfortable and getting the rust knocked off. I think Max Fried has done that uh, over the past month plus that he has been back in rotation for the Braves. He'll be gunning for win number eight of the year. Zach Wheeler looking for win number 12 as the Braves and Phillies meet at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time at Citizens Bank Park on Tuesday. That'll wrap things up for this edition of the Braves Postcast. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Make sure you leave us a like, a comment. We appreciate all those. And subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final score in this one, a 10-8 win for the Braves in Game 1, a 7-5 defeat in Game 2 as they split the twin bill with the Phillies. Back at it again for Game 3 on Tuesday. We'll talk to you after that. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 